0: welcome back to episode 35 of the don't stop me now podcast i am your hiv positive host jennifer vaughn i am here to help destigmatize this virus hiv that for decades has continually and unnecessarily shamed people into silence i'm here to share my own new experiences with dating now that i'm hiv positive and single Um, are you aware that the fear of disclosing to a potential love partner is enough for some people to just give up on love completely It's true. And of course, the all-too horrific reality, this is really awful, that the fear of being outed or discovered is enough for some to end their lives by either suicide or stopping their meds altogether, which in reality is just a very, very slow suicide and nobody really knows how long it will take. But today we have medication that keeps us undetectable, meaning our viral load is literally zero and we cannot transmit HIV when we're undetectable. So why the stigma, you know? What's the reason for this hate, disgust, the fear? My podcast is always trying to change the stigma while also sharing relevant stories about me and my life. So let's start off today's podcast with some shout outs and then I'll tell you the topics. Um, I went on to TikTok today and I said, hey, if you're on my live and you want to be shouted out, on my podcast, let me know. So Lester, hey there. Betsy, she's my moderator. I guess every time I go on live, I've assigned a moderator to my lives. So every time I go live, she pops in and I'm like, Betsy, how do you even know this? Are they like knocking at your door? Like, how are you aware that you need to be on my live? And I guess they send her a notification. So she's awesome. She's on top of it. And she's making sure that the trolls are being controlled. Uh, Melissa. Hey there, Rebecca, Christina, Jill Sully. I've definitely seen that name before. And today we had a little bit of a conversation. Dirk Disco from Hawaii. Get that longboard shipped to Waikiki. Okay, so today's topics, we're going to talk about some of the most recent posts that i put up since I saw Eric, the man who gave me HIV, the quote unquote infector, a term that Eric coined himself. And some people have taken offense to that and said, you don't need to be using that term. It's really offensive. But okay, first of all, Eric makes light of it and I'm totally okay with it. We're at that level. And the whole point of saying the infector is because it's so much more effective in a title to say interview with my infector because it's shorter for one thing and it explains exactly who he is and it's clickbait. Of course, I'm sort it's sort of like derogatory towards him. I get that, but again, this is like social media, guys. It draws people in. That's part of the whole game on social media. So you guys have to just excuse some of this. I mean, can you imagine me saying interview with the guy who gave me HIV? I mean, it just, it's too long of a title. So Infector Concise makes sense. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? Don't be offended. We'll talk about what happened after our visit and where we are going from there. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you about the origin of the LGBTQ plus acronym, because I bet you don't know some stuff about it. I certainly did not. Alright, so getting into the most recent video that I put up. It was a fun video. Eric didn't know that I was going to film us. When we pulled up, we just happened to be, and I thought about it before we were driving there. Well, as we were driving, I was thinking I really would like to film our first hug, but I didn't know like how our cars would be parked. I had no idea if it would even work out. And it did, it all worked out perfectly. We ended up parking kind of at a diagonal facing each other. So it was super easy. I, you know, I hit record on my phone. I was nervous. I was like shaking um, because we were talking as we were driving up to each other on our phones. And we got, as soon as we saw the, each other's cars in the parking lot, you know, we hung up and then I um, put my record, I was like just fiddling around with my phone, trying to find the record and flip the phone around and prop it up against something, hoping that it was filming the right area between our two cars. Got out of the car and then I just at that point had completely forgotten that I was filming because I was in the moment and it was really nice. It was a really nice hug. Obviously, I've watched it many times and it's like, yeah, (laughs) it's nice to reminisce. And of course, the music adds this whole romantic feel to it and. It it adds more to it than was probably there, but it was really nice. And he did plan to kiss on me that I wasn't expecting. And then I, you know, I kind of went for him again because I felt like that was a really nice hug. And I sort of wanted a little bit more of it. And, you know, he's taller than me. It was nice to get that big, gigantic bear hug. I'm really tall, so it's, like, nice to feel tiny in his arms. So it was really sweet and nice. And, um, you know, I noticed after when I watched the video that he kissed the side of my head, which I thought was so it was really sweet you know that's um, I don't know it just yeah it is sweet okay so that was fun watching that I have watched that video many times because for one thing I love the song and I thought it captured the moment perfectly and (laughs) (laughs) And I think he's watched it a few times as well. But let me say, I've done that video. And then I did another one that had many different clips from our YouTube live that we did. We did a YouTube live in the car for about a little bit less than an hour. And I did sort of like a trailer for it. And so I've had some people, um, a few people have spent like copious amounts of time trying to analyze Eric like a legal deposition, like listing all the reasons why they believe he lied to me about being positive and that he must have had an inkling and they just don't believe him at all. And I basically just say, you know, look, we both must have had somewhat of an inkling. I think in the back of my mind, it had even crossed my mind. And I told him that when he was here, I've talked about that many times, we talked about HIV. And, you know, we went with this whole thing that he had tested in Long Beach. And then we just went on with it. You guys do not know Eric like I know him. There is absolutely no way. And I'm so tired of saying this, but I feel like I have to defend this all the time. The dude would have been freaking out. You don't get an HIV diagnosis and then just act like everything's normal. There's no way he knew this. And by no means did he want to hurt me. That is for sure. So, um, I told him about some people making these comments and then I, I, sent him a screenshot. He doesn't have any social media. I sent him a screenshot of my reply to one of them, and this was his verbal reply on my phone.
1: Yeah, they're just uh, those kind of people that look for the only negative kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are people that certainly would try to infect people, but I would try to disappear and never answered your call or whatever. You know, I went through my own Disaster. I certainly wasn't trying to create one for anyone, obviously. I mean, that's just obvious. Come on. (laughs) They're so out of control, angry. You're awesome. Anyways.
0: Okay, and so just to clarify where he said, I would just not answer your call and run away, he meant like before we had gotten back together that he would have been in this place where he would have just disappeared. And he did. He went into a deep dive. I mean, you know, somebody had pointed out that people forget that. When you're diagnosed, you're thinking about yourself and your own mortality. You know, you're in your own world about this. And he was already somebody who had been into drugs and he got into them right after again. And so he was lost in his addiction. So... Again, he did not have this when we were together. He didn't purposely try to give this to me. He never, ever would have wanted to harm me. It's something that he has to think about every single day. He never, ever expected us to be friends again. He really said, like, this is so healing for him and something that he never expected. And he's so grateful for the fact that we are talking. But, you know, going back, look, Eric was definitely reckless. There's no doubt about it. And I understood that when I went back together with him. So technically, we're both totally negligent about contracting HIV, to be totally honest. And I'm not ever gonna blame him for it. So uh, I don't know, I'm not sure why people feel this need to prove me wrong about this. Like it's never going to change anything. I still have HIV and I can choose to dwell on the past and be bitter and resentful, which does no one any good, or I can concentrate on the present and future and be grateful for my life, right? The only thing about the virus that affects me is stigma. And people honestly like this who write such negative stuff, but it's not the virus itself. That does not bother me. Also, and I've said this before, remember that, and many of you probably don't know this, but you all have viruses in you. And I will quote from the internet, are you ready for this astronomical number? Biologists estimate that 380 trillion, 380 trillion viruses are living on and inside your body right now, 10 times the number of bacteria. Some can cause illness, but many simply coexist. HIV is different and it's smart. This is me talking now, that was an unquote. So, but HIV is different and it is smart. Um, And we need treatment to control it and it is controlled on treatment. My viral load went from 507,000 to zero. It's zero. Why must I feel shame? Why must Eric be vilified and judged about a virus that does not affect either of us? Why? People will find their reasons. You have to take medication, it might affect your kidneys and your liver, but you do all realize that most people out there are taking some kind of daily medication, and that medication is going through your kidneys and your liver. I'm not alone here. You know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful that I don't have cancer. That's terrifying to me. This is nothing. So as much as some of you feel it's important to point out why Eric is shady, I don't know why, but It will never change how I feel. I know him really well. I know way more about Eric than any of you do. So let me decide on my own how I feel about this. Don't worry about it. I'm a smart lady, and I've already been down this road twice. But right now, we're just friends, and we're friends that kissed a little bit. That's it. That's all that happened. But I will never have the negative epiphany about him that some of you so wish I will have. That is never going to happen. I will never ever turn my back on him and start blaming him. The only thing that could blow my mind is if Eric said, Jen, I knew I had it and I purposely subjected you to sex with me without letting you know. That is the only thing that would freak me out. But even then, I still don't have this energy in me to hold anger with somebody about a virus that doesn't affect me every day. If I went blind though, (laughs) I did think about that. If I went blind, or this affected me and created some kind of physical limitation in some way, that would be hard. But I still wouldn't be able to blame him because, again, he didn't know he had it. But let's say something like that did happen—I lost my ability to walk, or you know, something like that. Um, yeah, that would be really rough. But again, I feel nothing from this. I take a pill a day, and I, you know, I have no side effects or anything. So there's nothing to be mad about. You know, I choose forgiveness. I choose friendship. I choose understanding of someone who didn't mean to harm me and has to live with that knowledge every day. He also went through the shock of a diagnosis himself. He recently just wrote to me, I'm still trying to accept your acceptance. If you know what I mean, never thought we'd be friendly life changing for me. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And I'm really proud of him for being public about his diagnosis. Like, I realized, like, we were on two separate paths with our diagnosis. I was pretty public with mine right off the bat, and he was pretty private. I mean, he wanted to end his life, you know, not just because of HIV. There were other things that were involved in his life and kind of really bringing him down and depressing him. Um, But HIV certainly was part of it. I'm just really proud of him. He's somebody who would you know like i said he has no social media at all this would never be something that he would do and i've tried to help him understand like i show him numbers and say look eric i know you don't care about the social media thing but i want you to see like how many people are hearing what you're saying and i don't think you even realize what an impact you're having right now like it's so incredible that you are choosing to be public. And he just always says, you know, Jen, whatever I can do to help you in your advocacy, it's in some ways, it's a way for him to heal and to say sorry for what happened. But at the same time, I try to tell him like, look, you're helping people like you say HIV off your tongue so easily. When we were doing a live, it didn't e- there was no discomfort. This is just who you are. It's a whatever. You know, And I said, I don't think you even get what that does to somebody watching who has hiv who feels that they need to be quiet and silenced which brings me to another video that I did which was my video about a little clip of us saying you know we got aids you know and he starts off by saying we screwed up we got aids you know it's about a um i don't know 15 second clip video of us talking about that and the difference between hiv and aids and how we were trying to clarify you know that there's a big difference you know hiv is the virus human immunodeficiency virus AIDS is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, and AIDS happens as a result of HIV having time in your body to attack your immune system, and then what happens is you become susceptible to opportunistic infections infections are bacterial. They're not viral. And so those AIDS-related illnesses are cleared up with antibiotics. That was my whole point, is that there is a big difference. You can't give someone AIDS. You can only give someone HIV. You know, you can get HIV, go on treatment, and never, ever feel sick. We didn't know we had HIV, so we got to a point where we were dealing with an AIDS diagnosis. We both had PCP pneumonia. And so that was cleared up with antibiotics. And then, of course, we just went on an antiviral, and we became by the way, his is called Genvoya, And I just think that's so ironic because it's like my name, Jen Vaughn, Jen Boya. I told him, I said, that's like a, like crazy. Like <laughs> there was a reminder every single day, you know, you're taking that. <laughs> and then, so basically we just become undetectable. We can't transmit the virus, yada, yada, yada. You've heard all that before. So, um, I had somebody who commented on that video today, you know, technically it's a troll and, She says, they think they're funny. I mean, we are laughing in the video, and I'll get to that, you know, in a second. She says, "Um, lies. You think that's something to be proud of. And I basically, (laughs) I told him that. I sent that to him. This is his response about that.
1: Yeah, people have some weird views of HIV-AIDS, especially if they're not even a part of it. Like, this one guy couldn't... Yeah, I'm yelling and I'm in bed. This one guy couldn't even believe... I admitted I gave you HIV. Like, he's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> that was interesting for me to hear because, you know, he has had these conversations with people and he gets his dose of stigma from people as well. But my response to this person who said, you know, that we shouldn't be laughing about it and we think we're so funny and we're proud of it is, well, first of all, number one, we are not going to be shamed into silence. Neither of us will. And I never will be quiet because of trolls that think that I should not talk about this. Or people who tell me that, you know, you got this from having sex with too many people. First of all, it takes one person. It doesn't take multiple people to get HIV. It's just one person who has it. It's not like cats who get pregnant by multiple fathers and then they have multiple kittens. That's not it. It's one person. It takes one time. I understand the risk does go up. If there are more people or more exposures to one person, of course the risk will increase. But in general, come on people, let's realize how this happened. It's one person and there are people that I know that have had only one partner and they have HIV. This whole attitude about shaming people for sex is, it's preposterous. I mean, sex feels good. We're here on this earth because of sex. Yeah, we're supposed to have sex. It's how we continue our race. Like, why should we feel bad for wanting that? Our hormones direct us to do that all the time. Well, not in my case. I'm a female. So it's only a certain time during the month where it's really, really strong. But for men, they're supposed to be propagating all the time. So, and secondly, our point in doing all of this, besides it being entertaining and fun, and I'm glad that you guys want to follow along, but it's to educate, obviously. So if we can do something that's a little bit shocking, hello, that gets people's attention. And maybe they will watch the whole video and they may learn something that they didn't know before. So why not use that to our advantage? It is by no means to disrespect anyone who's died of AIDS, of course not. And if we have to explain that, then you're not getting it. We want people to see that today we can live a normal life. We can speak openly about it without fear, without shame, without feeling like there's this concern that we're going to offend each other, of course not. In my house, I'm called the HIV queen. When I drink from my daughter's glass, she jokes and says, don't do that, I don't wanna get AIDS. It's a joke. We say it in our house because there is no need for us to be crying over this. Like I say in the video at the very end, what are we supposed to do? Go sit in the corner and cry about this? No, I want people to see this differently. And so, yeah, we might do things that are more shocking or quote unquote, not tasteful. But I think most people get it. I mean, I would say the response to these videos has been overwhelmingly positive. But of course, there's those few people who have to make their negative comments. And I feel the need to defend myself against them. I mean, how amazing to get somebody's attention and have them learn something new that they didn't know before just because we did something that was, you know, offbeat and it wasn't the norm for HIV. And that's the point. And you know what? I am so proud of him and thankful for him that he's willing to put his face out there and say, I have HIV. Didn't even stress him out. He shared with me today that a friend of his, when he brought up the fact that he had HIV, that the friend was like, oh God, like had a like visceral reaction to it and was like, oh, like, don't, don't talk about that. And Eric's like, what the hell? Like my presence talking about this is like going to affect you in that way. And it really, like Eric said to him, he goes, dude, like you're offending me now. He goes like, that's offensive to me. Your reaction right now to me, just even talking about it is offensive to me. And so I was like, yeah, right on. I'm like, Eric, you don't even know, like you need to be talking about this more and you won't even believe how many people you will help. And I know he is dealing with, um, at risk youth where he lives and he's talking to them about it. He shared, um, this with me the other day.
1: I appreciate it. There were some guys working with me yesterday as well that I told them where to go. They were HIV positive there in the U-turn program up here, um, which is for at risk, uh, youth and, you know, guys that are 18, 19, 20, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, they were all shocked that I had HIV. They couldn't believe it. Um, So I got to talk to them a little bit about it and told them where to go to see
0: it. But uh, yeah, I get it, Jen. I get it. He was talking about uh, telling them where to find the video that we did on YouTube Live so that they could see the interview, but I just love that you know he's able to openly say to them, "Yeah, I have HIV." These kids had no idea. In fact, it happened to me yesterday. Kind of, sorta. I was uh, subbing a class, and there were some kids out in the hallway talking, and some kids saw me sitting at the desk, and I heard him. He was loud enough for me to hear. He didn't mean for me to hear him, but I heard him say, "Yeah, she has HIV." And I thought, I'm not gonna let that go. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I do." And I said, you know, and I was kind of across the room, and I, and I said, "And you can ask me about it instead of talking behind my back." And I probably shouldn't have said that to him, but it did feel sort of like he was gossiping about me. And so he sauntered in and kind of had the real like um, machismo attitude and like, like he didn't mean to do that. And then he said, you know, oh yeah, so you still have a channel. So you're still blogging and, and, uh, and vlogging and all that. You still doing all that. You keeping up with it. I said, I didn't mean to get at you. I said, but it just sounded like you were kind of like talking about me. And he said, oh yeah, I didn't mean anything by it. And I'm really sorry. And I said, no, 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 it's fine. I said, just ask me, you know, if there's anything you want to ask me, I'm I'm an open book about it. You know, just don't talk about it like it's a bad thing because it did feel like it was a little gossipy and um, I always want to just nip that in the bud and know that they can talk to me about it. They don't need to talk behind my back. So that is that. Okay, so let's see. What's the latest with dating? Um, I've just kind of been on hold. There was those last three I talked about. Um, I know I've talked about Mr. Ghosty Ghost who out of nowhere, and this is really so crazy, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> he texted me on Tuesday and wanted to know what was up and if I wanted to come over and hang out that night. And I'm like, I'm pretty much always down for this person because I am attracted to him. He knows about my status. It's just an easy thing between us, I guess. And, um, you know, we both know where it's at, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I think neither of us, neither of us are looking for anything other than what we want physically from each other. And so it works out uh, wonderfully. (laughs) And um, yeah, he doesn't listen to anything I do. I don't even think he knows I have a podcast, so it's all safe. But anyway, um, I was like, yeah, I'm down. I'll come over later. Sounds good. So um, anyways, uh, yeah, I have needs. I have needs, you know? So I, it's funny because I thought, wow, I didn't think I'd ever hear from him again. It's been a while. So I looked back at my calendar to see, not my calendar. No, I looked back at the last text message um, he had sent me kind of like I could figure out the last time that we'd seen each other. And I looked at my calendar and to the day, to the day, to the day, it was also a Tuesday night, the last time that I'd been over there. And uh, it was exactly, and I swear this might just be coincidence, but it was exactly six weeks later, which of course makes me think, is there any possibility that he got concerned and tested for HIV and he got to the six week point and it was negative? And he's like, all right she's totally telling the truth about you equals you. I don't know. I mean, it may not be, um, but it's like no time had passed when I saw him, you know, I mean, I greeted him inside. He gives me a kiss on the mouth right away. Like, I'm like, yeah, right on. So yeah, that was fun. You know, I'm just not ready to be in a relationship with anybody. I'm just having fun being single, talking to different people. There's somebody else that I uh, used to have a good time with way back in the day, and he turned up on my Tinder, and... So we started talking again. I said, hey, you remember me? And he's like, of course. How could I ever forget? And he wrote later and he said, hey, so ironic that you end up uh, hooking up with a guy that has HIV. What are the odds? And I said, wait, what are you talking about? Like, what? I didn't even know you knew I had HIV. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I follow your Instagram. I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't know that. And so I'm trying to find him on Instagram and I still don't find him. And then I. I said, what's your Instagram? And he gives it to me and I'm like, it says follow on there. So it didn't say follow back. So I'm like, well, I don't think you were following me, but you definitely, he goes, well, I never forgot your last name. And so he thought that I had started dating a guy that had HIV and like, we both disclosed to each other and it just was this ironic thing. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, that's the guy, that's the guy who gave it to me. And so anyways, we were chit chatting back and forth and he's like, God, you look great. And like, I never know if that is related to like, just my age. Like you look great for your age or you look great. It's a shock because you have HIV and I expect you to look sick at this point. I don't know. So I said, well, I'm undetectable. Like the virus doesn't affect me if that's what you're saying. And I appreciate it. Thanks so much. He was always fun. Um, He owns a bar in Monterey and, you know, he's like a golfer. I don't think he's ever been married. He's got a kid from a uh, older, you know, an old relationship. His kid's probably like 20 now. I don't even know. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I'll probably go have a drink at his bar at some point and catch up with him. Cause he's, he was always a kick in the pants, fun guy. And, um, he's, I kind of run into him. Like, it seems like every, you know, six, seven years or whatever, maybe that's now, let's see. I probably met him back in like 2011. I can't even remember it. Maybe even 2010 yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, he's still around and I may go say hi to him too. So like, I guess my point is, is that I'm just having fun, um, you know, talking to people and having lots of different men that I talk to. And really there's only one that I've been physical with and, um, and that's fine for right now. Um, okay. So did you know, did you know, this is so interesting to me and I bet none of you know this, that the LGBTQ plus acronym, which really was just LGBT for a long time, um, used to be GLBT, It was gay, lesbian, bi, trans. Okay. Transgender. Sorry. I get in trouble for saying that. Um, In the beginning of the gay rights movement, and this is coming from an article that um, I don't know if somebody sent this to me. I can't remember. But um, gay men were largely the ones running the show, basically. So um, the focus was basically on men's issues and lesbians as well as trans people of both genders were largely unrecognized. So hence the GLBT acronym. But... And I don't think you guys know this either, the or maybe you do, but I don't know. I'm not in this community so much, so I don't really know this. The LGBT community despite being inherently inclusive, has always had pockets of sexism. This is all from the article. They say from the fact that there has always been a lack of spaces catered to lesbians when compared to gay men. So gay bars are common spots in big cities. However, lesbians are consistently not included in these spaces. So the push to change the order came with the surge of feminist ideas that sprouted in the 80s and 90s. And this is the part that got me uh, And the AIDS crisis also factored into the gay-lesbian solidarity that led to lesbians being more recognized in the community. God, this gets me emotional. While a huge portion of gay men were suffering from AIDS, the lesbian community was largely, if not entirely, unaffected. Lesbians, I've always said that HIV, there's not one case of a woman giving it to another woman. So lesbians were the ones helping gay men with medical care. This is just, oh, I'm sorry, but it's right there in my throat. They were also a massive part of activism surrounding the gay community and AIDS at that time, which is so true. If you watch the documentary called How to Survive an Epidemic with Peter Staley, it's on YouTube. I've talked about it before. It's about this group ACT UP who finally just made enough noise to get some help from the government because their community was dying. But the lesbians also were fighting alongside with them. And this was a show of lesbians' willingness to support gay men in their time of need. Oh my god, this makes me emotional. And sparked a closer, more supportive relationship between both groups. It's really beautiful to me. So, get a breather here. The increased solidarity between the two groups led to a rise in feminism in both lesbians and gay men. With both the men and women of the community being far more receptive to feminist ideas, the push to have the L come first went relatively smoothly. The lesbian community, through their struggles and important role in the community, have more than earned their spot as the first letter in LGBTQ. Plus. (laughs) Someone sent that to me and it was just mind-blowing to me because I do think about all these men who died alone, you know? Uh, God, I gotta get a breather here. So sad to think about all these men who were forgotten and ignored by their families when this virus was so completely misunderstood and people thought that it was a gay disease and that they deserved it. It's um so incredibly heartbreaking. It's really hard for me to talk about, honestly. So, ah, uh, okay, Jennifer, gosh, get a grip, girl. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is it for this week. Um, I just wanted to thank everybody who's been following me on TikTok on YouTube on my Instagram. And thank you for joining me for the Instagram lives and the YouTube lives. Those people who joined us, Eric and myself on that YouTube live, we really appreciate it. You guys had some amazing questions. And we hope that we answered everything as well as we could. We hope that it satisfied all of you out there. And you know, let us know if you want us to do more. Uh, Let me know through my Instagram on um, the DM, through my Instagram. Let me know if there's anything that you'd like me to cover in this podcast, um, any questions that you have, or I don't know. You just let me know and I'll do my best to cover it. Um, But yeah, this is kind of short and sweet this week. That's it. I hope you guys have a great week. Um, Be safe out there. Halloween's coming up. I hope you choose something fun to wear. I freaking hate Halloween now. I like making my house look kind of fun, but I don't like dressing up anymore. I really don't. I'll probably just throw on some stupid skeleton bodysuit on Halloween night and answer the door. But It's a tiring holiday. I'm kind of glad my kids are older and we're not dealing with that anymore. It's so sad because Owen is 6'3", and he's 14, and he still wants to trick-or-treat. And I told him, that might be it for you. No one's going to believe that you're still 14. Like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I guess I could go with him, but, you know, he doesn't have really any close friends, and I, you know, what, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this one. And he he said, really? That's it? I can't go trick-or-treating anymore? And I'm like... I know I'm still, my nose is still running from that article. My God. Um, But anyways, we'll see. I'll uh, definitely fill you guys in. And of course I'll fill you in on any future plans to see uh, Mr. Eric. We will see how that pans out. But for right now, we talk pretty much every day. And I I do know that his feelings for me are strong. And um, he does know that I am feeling that I need to really take my time with all of this because I just got out of a six year relationship and I'm in no rush to get back into another one. As much as there's a lot of people that ship this, (laughs) somebody explained or gave the analogy that going back with an ex is like heating up cold McDonald's fries. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) that is a really good description. I mean, it's fun to think about going on a trip together. Like that is fun, but I'm not ready to throw my emotions into this relationship, so to speak. I'm definitely keeping a distance and I know it's probably not easy for him. um, But I'm, hey, I'm there as a friend right now. And, you know, we have really fun talks and, you know, I'm just trying to get to know him again a little bit and there's things about him that make me go yep that's why I'm not with him (laughs) like unfortunately you know so that's just life okay guys have a great week thanks for joining me I love you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye now if you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts be sure to subscribe if you'd like to help this girl out then please rate review and share my show thanks guys